All right. Oh, I feel better after that. Got a bit off my chest, Louis. Seriously. If I see another copyrighted image of this World Cup, my head might explode. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, we'll talk about that later and, um, most importantly, the games this weekend, uh, whether it is uh, the Men's Cricket World Cup. Uh, but there's also quite an interesting story bubbling away. Uh, have we got the audio? Maybe we should play this audio straight up here, Brian. Uh, this is uh, quite a nugget, and I'll get to Patrick McKendra and get his immediate reaction to this. I'm sure Patrick um, uh, will offer some sage advice to us all on how we should deal with it. This is from our good friend Justin Marshall, who, of course, was in the chair alongside me for the opening two All Blacks games at Rugby World Cup in France when we were calling from the grounds. Um, he is predominantly in France working for Supersport in South South Africa. Um, he appears on a panel show um, and they have robust opinion and um, disagreements. Uh, he's lined up with some uh, esteemed Springbok voices, including Skolik Berger, who you're going to hear a fair bit of. But uh, Justin Marshall dropped this uh, quite fascinating nugget about how the All Blacks are dealing currently uh, with their incoming coach, Mr. Razor Robertson. Please play the audio, Brian. Can I, can I tell you something really interesting? Yeah. That Scott Robertson has been here in France, yeah, yeah. and you would have seen him. Yeah, he's been floating around. He's not allowed to be all back. Yeah, which because they they feel that he's too big a distraction on the on the current players, you know, because yeah. they all of a sudden you know, might want to chat to him, might yeah. want to impress him. So Ian Foster said to him. Well, unbelievable way. Yeah, so he's, yeah, he's not been allowed at any All Black Games. Which is so unlike you guys. Yeah, normally, I know. It's like we hear each other. Normally everything goes about the All Blacks. Yeah. And hence you've had coaches that's been in the system for a long time, from assistant to being retired, to being brought back into it. And, and Ian Foster's the last of that generation. He's pretty much, you know, sort of had the consistency and working with the players. You know, it's a sort of unfair both ways. You know, because now Razor's got to start next year mm. from a scratch. You've got to have all these alignment meetings where you could start at six months before because you know you're taking over. There's obviously no love lost between the two. No. Rather interesting to say the least. Uh, where SCNZ haven't been able to confirm the story. Uh, so let's play the if game. If this is true, it's quite something, isn't it? Patrick McKendry joins me to not only discuss this, but other issues surrounding uh, the Rugby World Cup. He is senior sports writer for One News. Uh, Patrick, great to have you on the show, mate. I hope you're doing really well. Good morning, Daniel. <clears throat> I'm doing well, mate. I'm, I'm, not as, I'm not as angry and frustrated as you clearly are today, but, but that's fine. If, if, we, if, if we get into these issues, then maybe I will develop that. Um, but starting with, with Razor, <clears throat> you'd have to assume that Justin Marshall is very well connected, right? So he's, he's got that yes. information from a very good source, i.e. the horse's mouth. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? And it, it probably doesn't reflect very well on, on the All Blacks management, I've got to be honest. I think, um, you know, after the symbolic process of changing the coach, and, you know, that's been mentioned in the recent New Zealand Rugby Review, you sort of you sort of hope that people would take a step back and maybe be a little bit more, more mature about things, but clearly that hasn't happened. And I, don't, I don't think that reflects very well um, <clears throat> on the current All Blacks management, if it, if it is true. And so, yeah, and we've got to keep yeah, saying to... that. We've got to keep saying that if it is true. That's and you're right. right, Justin is well plugged in. And I don't think he has a track record of plucking things from his ass now, does he, Justin Marshall? Uh, so I, I, I'm willing to take him at face value. We, we, if this is true, there's that word again, ladies and gentlemen. If we, who's the adult in the room? Like, seriously. Well, exactly right. And, you know, uh, we've seen Razor and Stands. I think we saw him. Um, briefly in, the, in an England match, maybe... England-Argentina. England, 
Argentina, yeah. So he's in the stand, obviously with his family, um, being pretty relaxed and enjoying things. I, I don't really see what the issue is and why he can't do that at an All Blacks match, given he's going to be taking over the team very shortly. Um, and, you know, there's nothing quite like being in a match to pick up things because, you know, we, we do it as journalists. And, you know, even more importantly, um, All Blacks coaches get around and scout and, and sit in the stands and watch other matches. So, yeah, I, I just find that, you know, quite quite astounding, really, if, if, if indeed it is true. Yeah, one hopes it's not true uh, for certain. Um, let, let's move on from that. Uh, the All Blacks team to take on Uruguay... Uh, what is the storyline, Mr. Newsman? When you looked at that 23 and you pondered what's to come in this tournament, what, what stood out for you? So many changes. So, so, and I was surprised by that. And uh, I think even Sir Steve Hansen will be because he was quoted by Sky Sports after the Italian match in which the All Blacks seemed to click finally and, you know, put 14 tries past an Italian team that has went into the match reasonably confident and showing a little bit of form uh, in the Six Nations, etc. Um, they look like they finally clicked and, and sort of found their attacking mojo, and now and now it's all changed again. So I I have a wee bit of an issue with that. Um, I think uh, now is probably the time to settle on your strongest team and and just back them and go all the way through uh, if possible. Um, I, I understand that some guys need game time. And I, and I get it with, with certain certain players, including the front rowers, and, and that's fine. I don't mind that the forward pack, but the, the one issue I have is that um, midfield partnership has played only one game <clears throat> at, at the World Cup. Jordi Barrett, Rico, Yuani have played only once together at this World Cup against Italy, and I think that in particular, that combination uh, needs to be a bit more cemented than what it will be. So... Geordie's playing. He need he needs game time, obviously, coming back from that niggly knee injury. But Rico's out, um, and so yeah, that, that that's the major one for me. Yeah, that's a really good point because Geordie Barrett's still a young first five. You know, I know he's played over fifty Test matches. He's only started eight at number twelve. That that's not a massive sample in of itself. And we all know that midfield partnership is is that's right. You know, it can take time to sort of weave together. So I don't think you're alone in this. You you, you had a, you had an article on one news, didn't you? Sort of a you were analysing. Yes. Not even a former coach had predicted this many changes. Well, the other, the other thing is that we have to remember. I didn't mention this in, in the story I wrote yesterday. Is that Geordie and Rico aren't natural midfielders, are they? They're, they're outside backs originally, and so they're still finding their feet. They're still relatively young players. Uh, at this level, and so I think the more time they can play there, uh, the better. Um, I know I'm not on the ground, certainly I'm not on the All Blacks camp, and I don't know the workloads yes. and, and how these guys are recovering with training, etc. But on the outside looking in, that, that would be my major observation about why that surprises me a little bit. Uh what, what success look like against Uruguay? Is it literally just get through, don't get any injuries? You know, that, that, yeah. that might sound so dismissive to Uruguay, but I think my track record speaks for itself. I've been really complimentary of Uruguay at this tournament. I've been really impressed yeah. with them. They just don't have a chance of winning the uh, game. Well, they pushed France pretty close, didn't they? France beat them um, by two converted tries, which they scored in the last 25 minutes, I think. And that, that was a bit of a, I guess you'd have to say, it was a bit of a surprise. Um, what does success look like? Well, no injuries and no cards, especially red cards. Um, the All Blacks do not need that. Um, 
I think they need what they need to show playing wise is the same intent that they brought against Italy, the same um, momentum that they generated up front, which I thought was really, really impressive. Um, the other thing is, and I don't think we will see it as much, is the the attacking variation that the All Blacks brought in terms of their backline against Italy impressed me hugely. We haven't really seen a lot of that, but it seemed like they were prepared to show almost their full hand in that match, and I don't think they will this time. I don't, they probably don't need to, and so what's, what's the point? So mainly uh, set-piece has to be tidy, breakdown has to be as fiercely contested by the All Blacks as it was against Italy, and I think that the All Blacks' backline has probably too much quality to just... They'll just run over the top of uh, the Uruguayans, I think. You know, it's, it's the, the end of a long tournament for the Uruguayans, and you just have to wonder, you know, as a, as a Tier 2 country, how much they've got left. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, France play Italy. Based on what we saw from Italy, they have no chance right against France. I know they only lost by five points to the French and the Six Nations earlier this mm. year. Surely, surely France can't put you <laughs> this one. Well, look, but... Traditionally, they've had always had a really bad pool game in them, haven't they, France? But maybe that was against Uruguay, who they struggled to subdue. I don't know. Um, before the All Blacks Italy game, I thought, yeah, Italy really could trouble France. But the way that the All Blacks completely dismantled the Italians, like there was a sense of them giving up halfway through the first half, wasn't there? As, as the All Blacks scored their fourth or fifth try, and so I just think. I think they'll probably be too mentally broken to be able to get up and amount a serious challenge. But you never know. Um, it's the French. And that's, that's, what, that's what makes them so fascinating. Uh, that game is Saturday morning. And then on Sunday, got a great clutch of games here. Wales, Georgia, England, Samoa. Uh, two really enjoyable games we could talk lots about. But Ireland v Scotland is the, the, the headline acts. Yeah, it might seem unlikely yeah. Scotland can cause an, an upset. They, they do have a lot of quality on that field, but this Irish side, yeah. I, I know Rusty Erasmus has done his very best to sort of make their, their season a little bit hotter, and I absolutely love it. Uh, but surely, surely Ireland will, will prevail against my Scotland. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, even Ian Foster was sort of throwing a little bit of mind game type uh, tactics in there as well. I don't know if you you probably remember um, when he made reference to the sort of game that people want to watch, whether it's a free Oh, I remember it well. Games such as the one. And uh, you just sort of think, well, what's he going on about here? I, I mean, Ireland is so effective at what they do, and they're so hard to break down. And, and that's what Test Rugby is all about, and that's what World Cup Rugby is all about, especially in the big knockout matches. So I don't know if he was suggesting that maybe Ireland need to throw the ball around a wee bit more to make the game more attractive. I guess he was, but I, I don't think um, Andy Farrell and those and those senior guys in the Irish setup will, will take a lot of notice of that. Um, they're just a formidable outfit. And while I have a lot of um, respect for Scotland and, and what they've done recently, um, I, I can't see it, but I, I would love to see it. I've got to be honest, I would love Scotland to upset them. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to bust things wide open. It'll be hilarious. Yeah. Well, well, the way the Irish media and fan base, especially, have just been preoccupied with the quarterfinal, uh, you know, yeah. I, I'd be a little bit miffed if I was the Scottish players myself. I know, I know the Irish team haven't spoken like that. They've been very complimentary yeah. and respectful, but it, it would sort of, you know, make you a little bit frustrated. And then Monday morning, 
our first quarterfinal, effectively. It's like 1999 all over again, the quarterfinal playoff. Remember those things. It's Japan-Argentina. We've got an extra yeah. knockout game. How good? Yeah, I see Argentina are massive favourites at the TAB for that, but I don't know. Um, they haven't been great, have they, this, at this tournament? And neither have Japan, to be fair. They sort of lack the energy they've had at the last two, which has been a bit disappointing. Um, I love Japan to do it. I, I just love the way they play um, with so much variation and, and joie de vivre, to borrow a, a French term. But um, I, I fear the Argentines might just be too big and powerful. But they, they just haven't really shown a lot, have they? I mean, they were atrocious against England. They only, you know, they battled to subdue um, Samoa. They haven't... I don't know, something something doesn't seem to be quite right in that mix at the moment. Maybe they're just getting a bit old in the tooth and running out of energy themselves. But, um, yeah, certainly that's, that's another fa- fascinating game. Now, I'll just touch on Ireland and Scotland again, if I may. Um, yeah, please. The Irish, have to, they, the Irish have to field their strongest team for this because Scotland are a genuine threat, and that may <clears throat> have ramifications a week later because, you know, obviously they're on track to play the All-Black in that quarterfinal. So, um that's very much a high-intensity test I've got coming up. And so you never know. It may take it out of them. And, and as we know, Daniel, the Irish have never won a knockout match at the World Cup. You don't need to remind them of that. Uh, it's been quite interesting how Ireland have used their players. I think even against the Roma- in Romania, their opening game, they used a, you know, a, you know, a very strong lineup. So they've relied heavily um, on a That's number right. of players. Let's see if it will uh, catch up with them at some stage. Patrick, thank you so much for dropping by. You've cheered me up, mate. Thank you very much. For that. I, I'm no longer, I'm no longer in that performance art um, uh, state of mind. You've got to be for it for an opinion piece. But thank you for joining us. Do appreciate no it. Hey, but- by the way, that, that is bizarre from World Rugby to, to cancel the social media stuff effectively. It's just, it's just wrong. Wrong on every level. So it is, isn't it? I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. Oh, that's great. You've made me feel even better now, Patrick. You, you, you can come that. again. You can come on. Keep, <laughs> keep campaigning. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick McKendry from One News, uh, senior sports uh, reporter there, absolutely uh, vastly experienced rugby reporter as well, knows exactly what he is talking about. Really interesting perspectives there.